Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, yesterday we did one of my favorite things when we looked at preseason magazine, what anonymous coaches are saying about Georgia. I just like that this time of year. I think it's kind of fun to do something kind of like that. I just think it's one of those things we've kind of always done. It's sort of a tradition in some respects to kind of get ready for the upcoming season. Hey, let's find out what the magazines say. Let's find out what the anonymous coaches have to say. I just kind of enjoy doing that. Another thing that I sort of like this time of year there as well, and it's a... One of those tent poles you sort of circle your way around on the way to the upcoming season is there's going to be some chatter somewhere about so-and-so potentially being a breakout star for George. I just love that phrase, the idea of a breakout star, guys that are going to take their game to another level. And we are all very lucky here who are Georgia fans because it seems like this kind of conversation for George is just very robust. There are just lots of examples of guys who can be breakout stars, it seems like, for Georgia. But this year in particular, I think there are a handful of names that are really worth your attention. So, so it just so happens that both these guys we're going to mention here are on the defensive side of the ball. It's actually going to be a little bit of a defensive theme for us here off the top of the show today. But our friends over at Pro Football Focus, and I realize that PFF is not everybody's cup of tea, you know. We typically say we are very uh, big fans of pro football focus when some of their data and their numbers kind of validate what we think we've seen with our own eyes. When that when their data and their numbers conflict what we think we've seen with our own eyes, we're not quite as big a fan anymore. So, uh, you know, our, our I guess a love affair with pro football focus is fairly dependent on how much they confirm our priors, typically speaking. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, pro football focus does a thing this time of year where they look at their pro football focus grades. They you know grade these players individually on a per game basis going back uh, from the previous season, and on the basis of what they've seen, they kind of tout some guys as breakout stars for the upcoming year. And there are a couple of names from Georgia in particular, both on defense, that Pro Football Focus has highlighted here. And I think it's worth our time here for a moment to consider what the folks over at PFF had to say, starting with Mikhail Williams. Now, I got to tell you, this is one of the things that's really fun about being a Georgia fan right now, is I think there's a handful of names that Georgia fans know very well that they think, I would put myself in this category, have a strong indication are about to be introduced in a mighty way to fans outside the bubble of Dog Nation, maybe even outside the bubble of the SEC, that nationally there are a handful of Georgia players that may just be a force to be reckoned with that the average college football fan, even someone who pays pretty close attention, might not be fully aware of right now. And Mikael Williams, I think, is as good a name on that as any. Let me show you what Pro Football Focus had to say about Mikael Williams recently touting him as a breakout star for the upcoming season. Despite being just a true freshman a year ago, Williams got on the field amid a talented Georgia defensive line. He recorded a 72.3 overall grade with a 66.0 pass rush grade. But he had four games where he recorded a pass rush a win percentage above 20%. Watch for him to be one of the biggest breakout stars in the 2023 season. Once again, that comes from Pro Football Focus. Now, the overall grade of 72.3 and the pass rush grade of 66%, or I should say 66.0, honestly, I don't even really know what that means, and I don't really, really know those numbers mean too much to me one way or another. But the idea that he's winning his pass rush battle more than 20% of the time, you better believe in big games seeing Mikhail do that. We definitely saw that down the stretch. National Championship, cultural uh, football playoff, things like that. The idea that more than one out of every five times, uh, Williams is getting past his blocker on his way towards the quarterback. You better believe we understand what that means. 
And it's one of the reasons why, you know, Mikel, I think, stood out so much as a freshman a year ago. And I do realize that there are a lot of these super talented, highly touted freshman Formula Elite recruits to come in. And I know that Kirby Smart hates the hype that they all get. Williams was that guy last year. But based on what we saw with our own eyes, the idea that Williams had been a five-star and that Williams kind of fits in from a comparative standpoint to other great Georgia players who've come before him, all of that, I think, made sense based on what we saw last season. But Kirby Smart, if it was here right now, he'd still be pushing back against it. The reason why we know that is because prior to last season, Smart was trying to push back against the Mikael Williams hype before the year even began, really reminding folks not to get out in front of yourself in terms of expecting too much from a guy like Mikael. And he'd probably say the same thing to a pro football focus here right now. In fact, this is what Kirby said about Mikael prior to last season. Too early to tell. I mean, look, the expectation is – you know, you guys put so much expectation on these guys. I mean, I'm just trying to get Mike Hill to know what a six technique is and a nine technique is, just like I did with Trevon when he first got here. So, you know, he didn't have to be Trevon Walker. That's not what he has to do. And we're not going to replace Trevon Walker with – we don't have another Trevon Walker. You know, those guys are once-in-a-lifetime players. They're that size and that speed. So um, we're going to coach the guys we got. We're going to, you know, teach them to play really hard, play really physical, um, and not have an expectation that they get compared – to someone else because I don't like those comparisons so what Kirby Smart said last summer was appropriate for that moment a too much to put on Mikhail Williams the idea that he could be the next Trayvon Walker and b the notion that Georgia even needed another number one overall pick on last year's defense that's the kind of thing that sort of evolves over time but I think now after seeing Mikhail in kind of spot duty as a freshman in 2022 I think we would say it's not inappropriate to make those comparisons now And the idea that even if he doesn't quite fully achieve what Trayvon Walker achieved in a Georgia uniform, becoming the number one overall pick, playing a similar position for UGA, the fact is, Mikael Williams, there is nothing we've seen from him thus far that would disqualify him from that conversation. Clearly, he has a chance to do that. And the idea that Georgia fans are eager to see the next step in his uh, football life, that makes all the sense in the world based on what he put on display last year. But... He is not the only potential breakout star being touted by Pro Football Focus. Another player who probably was on the field more, a little bit more of a veteran presence here, Kamari Lasseter at cornerback. Now, Lasseter at times didn't get as much attention last season as a guy like Keely Ringo would have. Ringo just, I guess, been around Georgia longer. I was obviously involved in the historic play uh, in the Alabama National Championship game. We had the pick six that ultimately put that game on ice. It seems like at times that Lasseter sort of played in Ringo's shadow a little bit. Well, this year, Keely Ringo's obviously gone, and it could be that Kamari Lasseter's not going to play in anybody's shadow this season, that he might finally have the spotlight to himself in that Georgia secondary. Now, I love what Pro Football Focus had to say about Laster recently as it touted him as a potential breakout star for this upcoming season. In fact, let me read that to you here right now. Once again, the words of Pro Football Focus on Laster. He's junior now. He's coming off a 2022 season where he started 15 games, recorded a 74.9 overall grade and an 80.9 run defense grade with a 73.2 coverage grade. Once again, these numbers don't mean a ton to me, but the point is they say he was very good last year. We would agree with that based on what we saw with our own eyes. At six foot one, 180 pounds, he played more than 700 snaps of the Bulldogs outside cornerback opposite Ringo who departed to via the draft with a year of starting experience under his belt now Kamari Laster is poised to break out in 2023 and I love that if Kirby Smart were here he'd also push back against that hype there as well but here's one of the cool things though that if you had to identify Georgia players who may be least likely to be influenced by pro football focus or dog nation daily or somebody else kind of hyping them up for a big season 
you know, Kamari Laster seems like one of the best candidates to say, oh, he's going to shake that off. He's not going to pay attention to that. He's not going to be moved by that. He's not going to be bothered by that. And you can go back to some of the stuff that Kamari said this past spring as the perfect example of maybe why that is, that Laster just seems to really be focused on not just being the best player he can be, but also being the best teammate that he can be. You know, one of the phrases that got kicked around a lot uh, in the early part of the 2023 calendar year was the idea that Georgia wanted to eat off the floor this year, this being kind of borrowed and taken from the famous, uh, I guess it's a rugby team that Georgia's kind of trying to model itself after this year. Uh, And, you know, the idea of what does it mean to eat off the floor? What's that all about? Kamari Laster in a press conference availability that he participated in back during spring practice explained that. And when you hear Kamari explaining his concept of what it means to be selfless and humble enough to eat off the floor, hungry enough even to eat off the floor, I think you're led to believe that he's not going to be all that bothered or all that shaken up by the idea that pro football focus is hyping him up for a big season. This is a reminder of what Kamari Laster had to say a couple of months ago. Eating off the floor is just a mentality like you um you're not too big for anything. You're not too big to do the little things right. You're not too big to do the things that got you to where you are. So, I mean, just going in and approaching every day, like I said, like it's your last day, you know, giving your best at every opportunity you have. What's the, the motivation? And, and I know that Coach Smart is a master motivator, and last year he had a lot of you guys sold on, apparently, nobody thought you were going to be good or something. He said, which couldn't be for the truth, by the way. But, but now everybody thinks you're going to be good. You're, you're going to be a preseason number one to – to make history as a three-peat. So where do you feel like the team has drawn some inspiration? Or, or is there still a chip on the shoulder? Or, like, what do you think collectively the team is motivated by this offseason? I think we're motivated by just, you know, not getting complacent, not um, not trying to stay stagnant. You know, if we stay stagnant, then people will catch up to us. And then if people catch up to you, you're eventually going to get beat. And um, just to, just to not wanting to lose, you know, we, at Georgia, we want to win every game. We want to win against everybody we play. So, I mean, just – the will to win is what's, what's keeping us going. It's what's motivating us. You think somebody who's that laser focused, who's that locked in, is worried about what pro football focus is saying to hype him up or what I might be saying to hype him up? My guess is Kamari Laster is. My guess is Kamari Laster's attention is exactly where it needs to be, which if you're a Georgia fan is a nice thing to consider. Now let me make one more point here very quickly, which is the other day last week, you know, Connor Riley was on the show and – Connor gave us some bold predictions during his interview as a way of sort of setting the stage for the series of bold predictions we're going to be doing this week. And one of the bold predictions that Connor made, which I thought was really interesting, was the notion that a Georgia player could win the Thorpe Award this year as the top defensive back. What Connor said was, I'm not quite so sure. I know if it's going to be Javon Bullard or if it's going to be uh, uh, Malachi Starks or if it's going to be Kamari Laster, but he says, I believe it's going to be one of them. And what I said back to him was, you know what, for me, if I could pick one to win it, as much as I like Kamari, as much I should say, as much as I like, uh, 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 you know, the, the two safeties, as much as I like them, the best overall benefit for George would be Kamari Laster because cornerback is such a premium position. And it would sort of speak to the ascendance of uh, Laster here as a top player, that the biggest benefit for Georgia would be Laster taking the step forward that Pro Football Focus predicts as a possibility for him. And it's kind of nice to think that, that really could be what he's on the precipice of doing. But either way, when you read Pro Football Focus, some of the other publications that are out there looking at Georgia here right now, what you're led to believe is a Georgia defense that was historically good in 2021, very good in its own right in 2022, may take another big step here this year, introducing a few folks like Laster, like McHale, to the rest of the college football public, and Georgia's defense in 2023 may get a chance to make its own name and earn its own reputation here this season as well. 
My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by our friends at Breda Pest Management, and happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us, uh, whether it be normally on video live, 945, first and 15, dognation.com, Dog Nation app. Uh, this week, a little bit of a hiatus from that because we are on vacation, but we're still available to you at 10 a.m. across all video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We just try to make the show on video as available as possible. Radio, of course, on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref. And as a podcast, the Apple Player, Spotify, WorldFamousDogNation.com. Just happy to have all of you with us there, no matter which platform you choose to use. And a big thanks to our friends at Breda Pest Management who make the show possible there today there as well. I love our friends at Breda because they are the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. It means they've been working hard for a long time in business since 1975. 125 different employees stretch all across the place doing good work for good folks. And the work they've done has been so well recognized they are now the official pest control provider of UG Athletics. It's kind of fun to do business with Georgia's official pest control provider. That's kind of a cool thing. But what's even better than that is the level of resource, the the history of success. They want to leverage that for your benefit there as well too because when you make the switch to Breda Pest Manager, you're going to put more money in your pocket instantly just for making that decision. That's what Breda Pest Manager is known for. Doing great work, providing you all kinds of protection against termites, bugs, critters, things like that, but also put more money back in your pocket when you go with them and you make that decision. So please find them online. It's BredaPest.com. That's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com. Bugs, critters, termites, everything else, the official pest control provider of UG Athletics, your fly-by-night service that you've been using, they may be raising your service, uh, the cost of service. Well, guess what? Our friends at Breda Pest Manager give you a better quality of service, and they're going to put more money in your pocket for making the switch to them. So find them online, BredaPest.com, B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com for more on that. All right, the theme this week is bold predictions. We're on vacation doing some pre-recorded stuff here, but we got a great theme of looking at some bold predictions for Georgia for the upcoming year. Mike Griffith gave us some interesting ones yesterday. Jeff Sintel going to continue that here today. But prior to that, I want to go around the doghouse. I'm going to share with you another bold prediction of my own. Yesterday, my first bold prediction was, I believe that Brock Bowers will be a Heisman finalist for Georgia here this season. And today, my bold prediction centers around the Georgia defense. We just talked about Kamari Laster, Mikhail Williams a moment ago. So staying on the theme of the Georgia defense probably seems to make some sense for me. And you know, I think the thing about a bold prediction is it's got to be kind of quantifiable, right? It's got to be specific. And so I was trying to try to decide, like, how do I reflect what I really feel about the Georgia defense here this year? My overall general opinion is, is that I think a lot about the Georgia defense in 2023 is going to reflect a lot about what we saw from the Georgia defense in 2021. There's going to be some similarities there, frankly, more in keeping with 2021 than maybe some of what we saw in 2022. So the specific prediction I want to make as a way of reflecting that is, is that I believe that Georgia will exceed 40 sacks in 2023. As you know, many of you know anyway, this is kind of a hot button issue for me. I like teams that get after it with the pass rush. I don't like teams that sort of forego good sound defense to sack quarterbacks. I like teams in that kind of sound defensive category that also have the pass rush to go on top of that because this is one of those numbers you could kind of you could kind of phony and fake your way through this if you wanted to uh, and you could be a bad defense that still sacks the quarterbacks sometimes we see that in college football but of the really strong sound defenses that aren't giving up very many yards and aren't giving up very many points the defenses like that that can also be dynamic and you get into the backfield obviously those are the best overall defenses and what we saw from Georgia in 2022 was a little bit of a step back from what it had been in 2021 Georgia in 2021 in its first national championship year had 49 sacks they were in the backfield all the time 
three first-round defensive linemen obviously helped with that a little bit. But nonetheless, that's what Georgia was all about in 2021. Last year, a little bit of a step back, they were kind of middle of the pack in the SEC with 35 sacks on the season. Now, when Georgia really needed to get after it, Tennessee game, and even portion of the Ohio State game where they needed some defensive stops to win that game, clearly the pass rush was a factor they got after tcu in a big way obviously the national championship so when georgia really needed to be effective with the pass rush last year they were but this year i believe they're going to be a little bit more effective on a per game basis you know one of the things we heard kirby smart say yesterday on the show we've heard him say a couple of times during the offseason is the idea of you know maybe at times last year missouri game or ohio state game maybe we got a little lucky that's what kirby smart has said we're actually going to address that topic here coming up you know very soon on the show how much luck was involved for georgia a season ago but if you want to take luck out of the equation for this upcoming season then being more aggressive with your pass rush is a way to do that you don't put your hands your or should say your fate in the hands of your opponent quite as much if you're being dynamic on defense and this year I believe that that Georgia will likely do that that's my bold prediction for Georgia now if Kirby Smart were here he would probably tell me like he told me last summer because I was kind of pushing this with him in a press conference. I don't get to go to a lot of Kirby Smart press conferences, but I did go to one last summer and I was asking him about you know how you replace those sacks and how much you think about those internal numbers of are you trying to hit a numeric goal similar to what you had back in 2021. And Kirby Smart told me and everybody else who was listening in no uncertain terms that he's probably not quite as worried about that as I am. This is what Kirby Smart said last summer. There's not internally a goal. We don't put a sack goal. We put an effective quarterback goal. And we all know that's not fun for you guys because you want to talk sack totals. We want to talk batted balls, interceptions, knockdown, hurries. You know, you affect the quarterback with multiple rushes. And, uh, you know, Robert Beal is having a quietly good camp, which is good for us. Um, a lot of times these scrimmages get skewed. Now, last year was a outlier because of the front and the people we had. But these scrimmages get skewed because you take so many snaps. Pass rushing is an effort play. And a lot of sacks are what we call hustle sacks, effort sacks. You don't necessarily win, you give a great second effort. Well, there comes a point in the scrimmage today where they take so many snaps, nobody's fresh. You know, and the offensive lineman stays in front of them. Uh, we didn't have, it reminded me of our old scrimmages where we didn't have great pass rush. Not because we don't have pass rushers. We just didn't have uh, the juice that we needed. And um, I can't say that it was like that last year, but it's been like that in years past. I kind of joked off the top about Kirby Smart sort of pushing back against the question. The truth is I really like it when he gives such a detailed answer, and that's kind of in relation to the fact that that particular scrimmage I guess he had said this: the pass rush hasn't wasn't as effective as maybe he'd like for it to have been. It kind of explains his reasoning why. But overall, for the season, Georgia wasn't quite as effective on a per game basis with its pass rush. But one way or another, I believe that probably changes here this year. I believe the overall pass rush for Georgia probably gets back to looking a little bit more like it did in 2021 because of the overall talent level that I believe that Georgia's going to put on display this season. So another bold prediction for me here this year: Georgia exceeds that 40 sack total for 2023, which. I think for a lot of Georgia fans, it ought to be probably pretty fun. That is around the doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. To keep the theme and the conversation going on the idea of bold predictions, what to expect from UGA here this year. Fun way to preview all of this while I'm on vacation. Let's keep that discussion going with Jeff Sintel right now on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. 
Hey, Dog Nation, we're going to roll on with Dog Nation Daily here in a moment. We're going to hear from Jeff Sintel, as promised. But I did want to jump in very quick to give you an update on something that begins around here tomorrow. One of my favorite things about Dog Nation this time of year are great giveaways. And tomorrow we begin a terrific, terrific contest with our friends at Kroger and Traeger Grills, where we're going to celebrate some American heroes. And here's how this is going to work. If you go to dognation.com, starting tomorrow june 1st between now and june 17th or i should say then in june 17th you're gonna be able to tell a story about someone in your life who we kind of think of as just sort of a regular everyday american hero someone who goes above and beyond to make our life better to make our community better and the story that you tell could get you selected to be a big winner courtesy of Kroger and Traeger Grills, because someone's going to walk away with a Traeger Ironwood XL Grill, that's valued at $2,000, and a Kroger $500 gift card to have some food to go on the grill. So it's going to be an awesome giveaway. We're doing it here as we lead up towards the uh, summer, and obviously coming up on July 4th and, and America's birthday, things like that. So we're going to celebrate America's heroes with you and DogNation.com starting tomorrow, June 1st. So go there to the website, uh, upload a picture, upload a short video, and the story you tell about an American hero in your life could make you a big winner courtesy of our friends at Kroger and Traeger Grills. So with that said, let's roll on now with the rest of the show. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Manager, we're kind of in the theme this week of looking at bold predictions for the upcoming season as I have mentioned this is partially because i'm on vacation this week but it's also kind of as we get ready to shift gears to the month of june here just a good time to sort of get that early look at the upcoming season and start to formulate some takes about how it all might play out this year we did this yesterday with a dog nation's mike griffith happy to be able to do this today with jeff Sintel. a little bit unusual to have jeff on a wednesday we'll also have him back here on friday this week there also but uh nonetheless a great time so uh jeff yesterday we got to start with mike it was a lot of fun and i am looking forward to doing that with you here on that today and i guess as i kind of set up mike uh yesterday i'll just kind of once again remark about the fact that listen i think you and i both have been observing georgia football and following all this for quite some time i don't know that we've ever seen a season both in recruiting and on the field that is so rich with storylines as it plays out for Georgia with the 2023 season, the 2024 recruiting class. You know, this is as fascinating a period to be following Georgia football, I believe, that has ever existed. And I'm sure you probably would agree with that, too. Yeah, Brandon, I would. Um, it's kind of funny. Everybody talks about, you know, golden years or these are the new 80s or golden era or just simply Kirby's time. And, um, I was crunching some numbers for somebody the other day because they wanted to know just how good Georgia had been at home. And, Brandon, do you realize they're 37-1 and one at home since the 2017 season, which was Kirby's second season? And that's a pretty telling stat. But the other thing about that 37-1 and one is only two of those games were decided by double digits. Both of those were in 2019 when Georgia couldn't score a lick. Yeah. That shows you how far things are going with Georgia right now. And I think they hold a winning streak on the road right now, true road games, not neutral sites. I think the road winning streak now is like 12-game winning streak. So it's just bonkers, man. So along those lines, let's start looking ahead now to the 2023 season. The floor is going to be yours. You can take any direction you want to go. Give us your first bold prediction for this upcoming year. So, Brandon, I wanted to bring it with this. And I wanted to make you go, hmm, I wanted to get folks thinking and talking. So I do have three. But my first one of these, Jack, one of, uh, first of these uh, 
scattered, smothered, covered, loaded, capped, junk, whatever predictions is a statistical triple seven, which would be a Georgia statistical jackpot. I expect Georgia to have a double-digit touchdown catcher, a double-digit sack producer this year, and I also expect them to have a 1,000-yard receiver. I know I'm really killing the odds right here with Vegas right now. I need you to give me a ruling wager for the odds of all that happening in one year. Well, that's certainly very interesting, and I would say that even though the 1,000-yard thing is the thing that's only happened once in program history, it's the idea of a double-digit sack guy that I find – to be you know kind of most interesting there from that because a one of the bold predictions i also have for this season sort of relates to that sack note total for georgia and kind of an overall feeling about how i think the complexion of this georgia defense might look this year but in particular though we've seen the best of georgia certainly the 2021 defense it was kind of a pass rush by committee where this guy had a few and this guy had a few and the actual as you know the leading sack man in 2021 was a guy in robert beal who was really kind of only a role player for georgia sort of speaking to the fact that the overall defensive prowess for the dogs has not really been powered by just one guy so if you're telling me that in 2023 there is going to be that double digit sack guy then that to me is a Georgia defense that's going to look a little bit different. And that to me is almost a Georgia defense that has a little bit more of a key catalyst and a key leader. I don't mean like rah-rah leadership. I mean actual propelling for successful play leadership. You're telling me then that the Georgia defense, I think, is going to look a little bit different this season than it has the last couple of years. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's really a showcase year for – I'll even tell you, I mean, obviously when I say there's going to be a double-digit sack guy, there's really only one guy that really comes to mind first, or it should, and that's Michael Williams. I don't think they have another player in the program right now that combines all the great check marks you're looking for with what he does. And I noticed the pressure rate he had as a freshman, man. He had pressures on Wazoo. I think he led the team in pressures over like 30 pressures, something like that. Of course, I think maybe Nolan would have had more if he'd have played the whole season, but I think this is going to be a special season for Michael Williams. I think he's the one that gets the double-digit sacks. I think that Dominic Lovett will be the one that gets over 1,000 yards, and I think wow. Brock Bauer will have double-digit touchdowns again. Okay, so I want to kind of unpack a little bit of this here just for a moment. Let me start with the Michael Williams thing, which is that mm-hmm. I do genuinely believe that of all the things that people kind of outside our bubble of dog nation, whether it be fan, media, whatever else, the people outside of the bubble of dog nation – I think right now the thing they are the least aware of is just how good of a player that Mikael Williams might be. Now, I think he's not the only player on the Georgia defense for whom that might be true, but this is a player that I believe is on his way to being kind of a household name, the way that guys in 2021 would have been, maybe even more so than, I guess with the exception of Jalen Carter, that somebody would have been on the 2022 defense, that Mikael, to me, just has the look of a star in the making. And Jeff, I think there's a large number of people who follow college football pretty closely, fans, media, what have you. I don't think they know yet just what a force I believe that Mikael Williams has a chance to be for Georgia here this season. I think I crunched my numbers, and I believe him with 31 quarterback hurries. I think that's the tr- that's that's the methodology or the naming uh, device that Georgia uses for pressures. Um, I think he had four and a half sacks. I mean, the size, the speed, the ability, the work ethic. I mean, there were so a lot of clips, Brandon, where people were showing off Paris Johnson last year as a first round NFL tackle, and oh, by the way, that was freshman Michael Williams getting sacks off the future first-rounder that had been in college football for multiple seasons, several seasons. I think that's just giddy-up year for uh, Michael Williams, and that means he's really going to 
find a new plane with his game. All right, very quickly, because I want to hear the rest of your bowl predictions. I think it's interesting that you, because that's not where I expect you to go, that Dominic Lovett would be the receiver that exceeds 1,000 yards. I believe you said double-digit touchdowns for him there as well. You know, yesterday when we had Mike Griffith on the show, he also had a bowl prediction related to, you know, pretty prolific stat line as it relates to Dominic Love. And I like Love it a lot. I think that his uh, addition to this Georgia roster is going to prove to be a really big deal for UGA, Jeff. I, I, I truly do. But I would probably bet against some of these season-long stats for uh, Love it just simply on the fact that he's playing on a deeper roster than he's ever played before. I think that Georgia right now, the early indication I'm getting is it might be prone to throw more in Bowers' direction than at times it sort of felt like it had to maybe a year ago. And, you know, the presence of a guy like Ladd McConkey who probably had a much better stat line last year than a lot of folks actually realize. I think that while I think that Lovett's going to be really important for Georgia, and I think that Lovett last year was one of the best receivers in the SEC, I just think his overall placement in a Georgia, you know, repertoire of pass catchers that's already so deep it might cause me to bet the under on some of those season-long statistics for Lovett, but it sounds like you disagree. No, I had, to be clear, I think I was trying to rattle him off. I had Bowers with double-digit touchdowns, okay. and I had Lovett with the 1,000-yard mark. I just think those two guys are going to work together. Why do I think he's going to have elevated, elevated I guess, uh, totals for the receiving yards? Because, Brennan, I remember this from a, my wean years as a, as, a, as a young kid trying to follow – NFL rushers and to figure out how many yards William Andrews and 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 um, Marcus Allen would have to get to a thousand per year. You got to figure Georgia might play fourteen or fifteen games, and that only means in that sort of situation where Dominic Love and even Love it even with a lot of cupcakes there in the middle, or what games that will morph into cupcake cupcake games for Georgia in twenty twenty three. I think that only means he needs to get about seventy five to eighty yards receiving per game. Um, over the course of the season, and he could coast to uh, coast to a number right or pretty close to a thousand. I also think Bowers benefits him so much because I think defenses are going to have to decide how in the world do we cover Dominic Lovett, and then how in the world do we cover Brock Bowers on the other side of the field or on the same side of the field, especially with that Georgia run game, and then especially with Georgia having another weapon on the on the offensive side as well, like an X receiver, like an Arian Smith. Or Marcus Roseman, Jack Saint, or Alad McConkey. I just think I just think Lovett, my friend, is just so dynamic, special, electric with the ball in his hands that he's going to catch a lot of short screens and bubbles. Man, maybe one of the things I'm hoping to see from the Mike Bobo era is the resurrection of more of those tunnel screens at the University of Georgia. Those were a, those were a fond memory of mine watching those Bobo offenses go up. So I think you asked for bold, and I dialed yeah. up three spicy chili pepper bold ones for you right out of the gate which is a triple seven prediction. All right. How about your next one, Jeff? Cause we're off to a great start here. What else you got for me? So my next one is, I think this is kind of um, in the recruiting sphere. Cause that's my specialty here. I think Georgia will break the all time record for highest total 24, seven sports composite team score in recruiting. I think that's three twenty-four. I think they'll soar above that bar. Um, and I think they will challenge Alabama and Texas A&M for the all-time mark. Now, the all-time mark is 333.3, which is astounding. And for me to throw a prediction way up there in the heavens, Brandon, that takes a lot because this won't have Texas A&M NIL behind it. And I don't also see any school signing 18 top 100 players like Texas A&M did in the 2021, in the 2022 cycle, excuse me. But I do think the dogs are going to shoot a number way up there. 
I think even like eight, eight, eight or nine five stars might even be possible in this class. How much of that would you directly attribute to the impact that Dylan Raiola is making? I think a great deal because I'm going to be frank. Georgia is not in the business for two uh, five star wide receivers in this single class without Dylan Raiola there. I think there's a charm to him. There's a magnetic personality. I think. Brandon, not only the fact that he came and he organized the workout when he was in town, but the feeling that he needed to come on an unofficial visit to Georgia when Jeremiah Smith was in town, even though he was coming back to Georgia in two weeks, I think that bodes well for how important he takes his role of trying to bring in uh, the greatest class in UGA history, and especially on the offensive side, Brandon. I keep saying this a lot, but they really need to be dead, deadly and dangerous on that offensive side in the twenty in the 2024 cycle so they can be special all-time type football teams for seasons to come 2025 2026 and you kind of alluded to this and i think it's important to, to to state this as well which is that obviously there's always a tangible value when it comes to acquiring this kind of talent for a program but there could be some additional symbolic value here for georgia putting together a historic class like this on the heels of what A&M did a couple of years ago and the winds of change blowing around the sport where all of a sudden now it's sort of thought that NIL and things like that play such a large role in recruiting, I think to a certain extent that they do, and yet that Georgia is showing its ability to kind of navigate all of this. Transfer portal, taking some players, but not you know overwhelming the roster with guys who've played other places. Uh, recruiting, still holding its own, even in a time in which other programs seem to be a little bit more cavalier with some of the money they throw around. You know, Georgia is still navigating the current landscape really well. And if this class really does head to the prediction you're making there, it's just another, you know, I think level of security and comfort for Georgia fans to know that they have over sort of weathered the storm of all the change that's taking place in college football. And this is still a program still very much primed for uh, supremacy when it comes to how all of this is playing out. Brandon, I love it. I smile sometimes when I think about it. But, you know, we're in the T-shirt business now at Dog Nation a little bit. And I'd love to have a, a character drawn up of you maybe looking at the 2020, 2021 and 2022 national championship trophies and you kind of scratching your head and going, yep, those were really the lean years. Yeah. That would be pretty fun for folks to see. You know, that's a very fun. All right, Jeff, you've given us two great ones here thus far. Do you have one more bold prediction you can give us? Yeah, I guess I'm going to get my hip waders up way high like I'm going through a trout stream in Montana here. But uh, I think Georgia will reset its own program record with um, – I think they're going to get more than 15 draft picks in the 2024 NFL draft. I think it might be close. It might be 16 or 17. It might be close. But when I look at all the potential names that could get drafted, Brandon, I mean, it's, it's astounding. You, you see some NFL chatter already. And people are talking about Xavier Trust as maybe the fifth best guard in the class or the third best guard in the class and looking like a third-round pick. When you have a name like Trust, who there's a lot more names you can toss out of guys that are first-round, second-round, third-round quality for Georgia. You know, you got Cedric Von Prahn, you got Jamon Dumas Johnson, you got Shmael London, you got Kamari Lasseter, you've got uh, you got a guy like Zion Lowe, you got a guy like Warren Brinson, you got a guy like. I mean, there's so many guys. There's Brock Bowers. There's Kendall Milton with a healthy year. Maybe Carson Beck has a great uh, one-and-done type year. There's a lot of talent up and down. I didn't even mention Amarius Mims, another first-rounder walking, if you ask me. Um, and you throw in Tate Ratledge as well. He's seen as one of the top ten guards in the class as well. Uh, that Georgia offensive line is going to have a lot of turnover in 2020, 2024 for the, for the next 2024 season. 
And the 2024 NFL draft is going to do a lot of damage to that roster, but that's the kind of damage that's only going to help Georgia in the long run. Boy, that's great stuff, Jeff. So much fun to consider all that. Three great, bold predictions continuing what has been a really fun theme for us in the show here this week. And I'll tell you what I want to do, if you don't mind. I'm going to bring you back on Friday's show, uh, final pre-recorded show for us before we're back live again the following week. I'm going to give you the bold predictions that I've been giving throughout the week here on the show and give you a chance to react to mine. How does that sound? Sounds great, man. I can't wait. We'll come back and do it Friday right here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Manager. Jeff, thanks so much for your time here today. Yes, sir. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So as you know, bold predictions have been a theme for us this week here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management, including a great crop from Jeff Sintel. Really fun conversation there with him. So uh, fun to do that, and now fun to kind of get back into some of our own bold predictions as well as we look at the rest of the SEC here coming up. But prior to that, let's remind you, we're cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean right now. And obviously, I'm enjoying some vacation time this week. Hopefully, you're getting ready to enjoy your own vacation time there as well. And as you know by now, I believe the best way to make the most out of your vacation experience is to book a cruise with our friends at Royal Caribbean, whether it be one of those three-night, four-night sailings, seven-night sailings. You know, it's the Oasis class of ship that heads the uh, seven-night sailings right now where you can just take advantage of everything that Royal Caribbean has to offer. You know, the water slides and the pool deck, the amazing array of entertainment options, the live music, the Broadway musical, the aqua theater on the back of the ship where you see you know, these amazing high dive shows. Obviously, there's uh, ice skating shows. There's so many different entertainment options. And to me, one of the things that sets Royal Caribbean apart from everybody else is that great collection of entertainment they offer for you. So you've heard me talk about it. Now it's time to experience it for yourself. Reach out to our friend Jessica Slater, great travel agent, specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean. She can help you get a great vacation on tap. Just give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. Book a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation with Jessica Slater here today. All right, yesterday we gave you some bold predictions for some teams in the SEC. Want to keep that conversation going here today. And I'm going to start off with a team that I mentioned yesterday. We talked about Texas A&M yesterday, a bold prediction for the Aggies. We believe they will win at Tennessee this season. What that means for us is, is that the bold prediction we want to make for Tennessee right now, I think the Vols lose at least three regular season games this year, which would be a massive disappointment given where Tennessee was for most of last year, kind of in the conversation with the college football playoff. Now, they did obviously have the disappointing you know, regular season loss near the end of the season to South Carolina, which removed all doubt that they were a playoff pretender as opposed to an actual playoff contender. But nonetheless, this was supposed to be the season a year ago which Tennessee arrived. But I think a step back is likely here this season. And it's not necessarily because of the fact that I think that, you know, Joe Milton or Nico Imaleva will be a huge drop off from Hendon Hooker. The truth is, I think whoever plays quarterback for Tennessee will probably play pretty effectively because I have certainly grown to respect the Josh Heupel offense. And while they may not be overall as deep at wide receiver as they were a year ago, the truth is I think Brew McCoy, who sort of looks like the next in line there for Tennessee at the wide receiver position, my guess is once again playing in the high offense, he's going to have a, a really good season. But ultimately what this comes about for me is, is that this kind of progression, especially in a league like the SEC, is just not natural. Uh, in other words, it doesn't just happen because you want it to happen that if you're going to go from being, you know, surprisingly good your first year to actually impressively good your second year to then even better than that your third year, you're going to have to take something from someone. 
And I just don't know yet how much of all of this the teams that Tennessee would need to take it from, I'm not quite so sure how ready they are to give it back. You know, I think that Alabama is probably a far cry from what it was in its best days under Nick Saban. But this is an Alabama team that almost won at Tennessee last year. For all the attention we give the Vols for the big win they got against Tennessee, I should say against Alabama, there were large portions of that game late in which it seemed like they were likely not to get it. For as loud as the crowd was, for as explosive as the Tennessee offense was, it still seemed like Alabama was going to weather the storm and actually win the game somewhat convincingly. And then, you know, some turnovers, things like that. That's not the way it played out. But this year, that rivalry game shifting back to Alabama, that's a game we expect Alabama to, to, to win. And if you're Tennessee, that becomes a pretty costly loss a year after seemingly turning the corner against the Crimson Tide. We told you yesterday we think that Tennessee's got to be very careful with a team like Texas A&M coming in. It's a pretty talented team uh, that the Aggies will bring in. We think that Bobby Petrino, assuming that Jimbo Fisher trusts him, can be kind of an impact offensive coordinator. And given the overall talent in the A&M program, going on the road in a spot like this, we think that's a game that Texas A&M could be poised to win. That's loss number two. It goes without saying that Tennessee just does not play at the same level that Georgia does. I don't care how much they have the game circled uh, when the dogs come there in November. As we pointed out over and over again, that Tennessee's real job is not to get ready for Georgia. It's to take care of its business prior to Georgia so that the game against UGA truly matters. And in terms of being kind of a nationally relevant game where their playoff status at stake on both sides, we don't believe that's what Georgia-Tennessee is going to be this year. It probably still counts as Georgia's most dangerous regular season game. But nonetheless, we don't think that Tennessee has a whole lot at stake once the game is played, at least from a playoff or SEC contention standpoint. I just don't think that Tennessee is that kind of team here this season. They probably regressed from where they were a year ago, at least three regular season losses to the Vols. That's our bold prediction for Tennessee. A bold prediction for Kentucky is, is that this year's quarterback, Devin Leary, is better than last year's quarterback, Will Levis. Now, some of this is just on the basis of the fact that Will Levis probably just wasn't very good last season. The Kentucky offensive line, which typically has been fairly strong point for Mark Stoops' coach teams, was really wretched a year ago. And Devin Leary, the state transfer, almost certainly will stand to benefit from a better line this season. But the thing that uh, Leary will benefit from more than anything else is, is the fact that this year back at Kentucky as offensive coordinator is Liam Cohen, who left the uh, Wildcats after one year in 2021, take a job in the NFL. Now he's coming back to Kentucky after the Rich Scangarello, is that his name? The Rich Scangarello experiment uh, did not quite work out. Another former NFL guy who had come in from the San Francisco 49ers but didn't have nearly as much success as Cohen had had in 2021. So now you kind of pair Cohen as offensive coordinator with Leary, who kind of looks a little bit, to me, from a quarterbacking standpoint, a little bit like Levis. You know, had mixed results there at NC State. But Leary with Cohen there at Kentucky, I think you're probably heading for a more successful year for the Wildcats offensively. I think it probably comes at a good time for Mark Stoops. Here's the weird thing about Stoops. No one can deny that he's a good coach. We think sometimes the media overrates him. We've said that before. But no one can deny that, you know, if it's a binary choice, there's a lot more like about Stoops as a coach as opposed to not like about Stoops as a coach. But eventually, even fans with meager expectations like the ones at Kentucky, eventually they get a little restless. Eventually they get a little tired. And being better this year than Kentucky was a year ago, that probably behooved Mark Stoops to be able to do it. Well, with Leary at quarterback working with a very capable offensive coordinator like Cohen, the groundwork could be laid to do just that. So our bold prediction for Kentucky, better year for Devin Leary this year than for uh, 
than for Will Levis a year ago. Now, how do the NFL draft scouts react to all that? The truth is some of that draft hype around Will Levis proved to be overstated to begin with, so may not be too much of a concern for that as it relates to Leary, but results on the field, we think he could be impactful. Uh, And then we'll also give you this, speaking of quarterback play, a bold prediction for Arkansas. Now, I told you before, I really like Sam Pittman. I, I root for Sam Pittman to win, and I also genuinely believe that Pittman needs a very good year at Arkansas. I just do. Well, one of the things that may help him be able to do that is the play of his quarterback, K.J. Jeffers. I think the one thing you got to understand is, and many of you do understand this, that the overall landscape in the SEC from a quarterback standpoint is very different this year than what it was a year ago. You know, Bryce Young isn't in this league anymore. Stetson Bennett isn't in this league anymore. Hendon Hooker, proven quarterback for Tennessee, isn't in this league anymore. Anthony Richardson's gone. Will Levis is gone. There are a lot of quarterbacks who are no longer here anymore. I think that the door is open for quarterbacks to kind of establish themselves this season as trusted resources for their program. And Jefferson, who's got a lot of SEC experience, may be one of the guys who really benefits from that. I'll give you a bold prediction. This is almost one of those bold predictions sure to be wrong, but I'll give it to you nonetheless. I think that uh, K.J. Jefferson puts up an all-SEC caliber season for Arkansas. Some of that's because I do think that Jefferson's probably a pretty good signal caller, and some of that's due to the fact that I think the SEC is actually fairly wide open from a quarterbacking standpoint. A lot of teams don't seem all that likely to put someone into an all-SEC-type conversation. So given the fact that there's three spots for quarterbacks in kind of that all-SEC range, I would expect Jefferson to show up on one of those lists, and I'll make that a bold prediction for Arkansas coming at a time in which Sam Pittman may really need some good news. He may get it in the person of K.J. Jefferson. So another crop of bold predictions, and for today, we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And before we wrap up here today, a chance for us to remind you once again about our great friends at the Finnish Long Drink. You know, summertime's a time in which I think the Long Drink just sort of made for it. I love it at the pool, at the golf course, when you're hanging out with friends. Just anything outside, to me, the Finnish Long Drink always tastes great outside. So many of you have tried that. You've said the same thing. Our good friend Kaylee Manzel, she's been talking about that there lately as well, making that a big part of her ongoing college graduation celebration so try it today if you have not go to the longdrink.com see all four of the finished long drink varieties the long drink cranberry long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume long drink zero that's no carbs no sugar you want to look good in your bathing suit that's a great way to do that the traditional in a blue can got the grapefruit flavor the gin kick four different varieties you can actually try them all get one of those eight can variety packs but if you'll put in your zip code there you can find out where to pick some up today it's the longdrink.com for a lot more on our great friends from the finish long drink so we're having a good time here uh vacation week for me but a great series of pre-recorded shows we appreciate Mike Griffith, Jeff Zintel being a big part of all of that. And for those of you who've submitted uh, submissions for our bold predictions and things like that, we appreciate that there too. Love this time of year. Love talking college football and kind of counting those days ahead until the uh, upcoming season begins. And by the way, speaking of counting things down, we do that each and every day there as well when it comes to our Gator Hater Countdown. How about this? And even 150 days before Georgia's back in Jacksonville, all of a sudden there's new life breeds into the future of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party this thing may actually hang around for a little while longer than we initially thought but either way we're looking forward to what we think is going to be another beatdown at the hands of the georgia bulldogs for those lousy stinking gators we'll make that our gator hater countdown and we'll look forward to seeing all of you right back here again tomorrow for dog nation daily presented by breda pass management we'll look forward to talking to you then everybody <laughs>